Welcome to The Element of Surprise. My name is Chavik J. Suet. This is The Element of Surprise, the mentally irregular podcast. And we're going to do what we uh, usually do, and that is have a little bit of fun, 
take a little trip down a, um, I don't know, into the realms of the fucking nuts. So let's do that, shall we? Okay, so first off, first and foremost, I've got a lot to talk about, but I want to tell you where you can find us. You can find us at EOS Mentally Irregular podbean.com that's the hosting site all the episodes are up there i also link them to the facebook page that is www.facebook.com backslash eos mentally irregular from there you can join the <clears throat> eos group known as the eos army we're always recruiting and uh, whether you know it or not you're already a member if you're hearing this you're a member of the eos army so without further ado oh we're also on uh stitcher and Castbox and itunes and yeah uh, <laughs> oh, I'm off to a great start. Okay, so without further ado, uh, I got a lot of shit to talk about. Um, one of the first things that I want to talk about with you guys tonight is that, um, as, as you know, anybody that's listened to this podcast knows that I talk about going to the Goodwill and going to um, flea markets and stuff. And we were at the flea market about two weeks ago, and I, see, I saw something there that just needed to be discussed because it, was, it wasn't a, uh, an item or a table or a setup. It was a person. And it's just that, you know how sometimes, you know, and I, I don't try to judge anybody, but you know how sometimes you see somebody and you can just look at them and you just know what they're all about. You just know that they're like, they think they are the coolest motherfucker on the planet. And that is what made, like, they, everything about the way they've got shit going on is what they, is like, they, they just think like, yeah. This is, this is me. I decided who I am at this specific period in time. Well, I saw a person like this, and I feel necessary to, um, to go over this person. So, uh, let's, let's backtrack. Okay, I'm at the flea market. And as I'm apt to do on uh, Sundays at the flea market, I go outside to see if, mayhaps, there might be anything worth seeing out there. Something on the outside tables. And, uh, oh... Oh, there was. So I'm out there, I'm walking around, I'm having a smoke. And I'm browsing the tables, and so this guy just rolls up on his, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna put air quotes here and say motorcycle, which is at its best a glorified, it was at its best a glorified dirt bike. And he's got it all like pimped out. He's like sat down and he like pimped this motherfucker out himself to like make it look as cool as he possibly could in in his eyes and in only his eyes and he did this by putting fucking deer antlers on the handlebars he mounted fucking like a sixth like an eight point bucks antlers on the handlebars of the bike so as he's driving the first thing you see is the wheel then deer antlers then handlebars then him on the bike and it gets worse from there but you know, I feel like I need to say that again. I need to reiterate this to you. He mounted deer antlers to the fucking handlebars of his shitty dirt bike. This was his idea of badass. This is how he categorized how cool he thinks he is. Deer antlers on the handlebars. That's how he pimped out his shitty dirt bike to show everybody how fucking awesome he is. But wait, I haven't even gotten to the, to the guy himself yet, have I? So, I'll get back to the shitty dirt bike in a few minutes. Um, but I, I, I want to talk a little bit about the guy here. who he's, He was clearly, you know, I only, I'll be honest, I only saw him for like, like, 
like that long, like maybe like a, like a two, three seconds. He's, he was going slow enough that everyone could get a look at him. And here's what I saw. First thing you see is fucking aviators. Fucking aviator glasses. And uh, he, he had a helmet on, but it was like, like a bicycle helmet that you would get at like Walmart. And he had his aviators on. And uh, basically, basically, the best way I can describe this guy is he was a guy around 30 years old who clearly peaked between 1997 and 2003. And how could I tell that he peaked between those years? Well, let's go over it. So, I'm not sure if it was his black puddle of mud t-shirt or maybe the 12-foot chain that he had hanging on his wallet or his beat-up military combat boots with a pair of denim cutoff shorts or, or the fact that he had uh, rigged a CD player and speaker to the shitty dirt bike as well. And the speaker was set between the, the deer antlers and the CD player kind of hung over the back, like up on top of the uh, handlebars. Like, you know, you remember back in the day before CD players were in cars, they had those little tape decks that you would put into into like the, the thing. And you put it in where your car's tape player was, and you'd mount your CD player up on the top of, like, your dashboard and change CDs that way, and it would play on your radio. He made, like, made it, like, a makeshift garage adaptation of this that he, like, mounted on, like, the front of his fucking dirt bike where the deer antlers were. And so, he had, a, like, a CD player and speakers up there on the shitty dirt bike between the, dirt, the deer antlers, and he was blasting... The Limp Biscuit song Rollin'. You know the song I'm talking about? Rollin' by Limp Biscuit. This song. This is the song he had blaring on his fucking makeshift speaker hanging like mounted between the deer antlers that he's mounted on the handlebars of his dirt bike as he's fucking cruising around the fucking flea market gravel. Picture this. Puddle of mud t-shirt. Cut off jean shorts. Combat boots. Dirt bike. Deer antlers. Aviator glasses. Bicycle helmet. This. Yeah, so he's kicking out that. He's kicking out, he's busting out fucking rolling as loud as he fucking could and just fucking like kicking up gravel with his, like, dirt bike wheel, showing it, trying to show off at the fucking flea market of all fucking places. Just, like, you know, and, and I don't know what it was, but something about that just said to me th that this guy was like, yep, 2003 was my fucking year. Nobody else's year. That year belonged to me. And, because that's who he was. And that, that led me to have to, A, burn this into my memory. It's not like I couldn't ever for fucking forget having seen this in the first place, but it was burned into my fucking memory, and then I started thinking about the guy. Like, I'm laying here at in bed at night, you know, uh, like, laying here, I wake up in the middle of the night, I have a cigarette, and I'm like, god damn, that guy at the fucking flea market with his dirt bike, and then I'm actively thinking about his life at, like, fucking 2 a.m. in the dark. And, you know, like, I'm actively curious about what his lifestyle choices were and how the decisions, such as putting antlers on, of an eight-point buck on the handlebars of my shitty dirt bike, got made. You know, does he have, like, an internal debate over it with himself, or is he just so confident that there was just never, never a doubt in his mind? 
He was just like, I got these deer, like, you know, imagine this. I imagine that he's in a garage with his buddy at the trailer park or outside the trailer park. Uh, I'm going to name this buddy of his Merle because that just sounds fitting. And, uh, you know, he's in Merle's garage because his parents double wide doesn't have a garage. And he just goes, you know what? I've got my dirt bike and I've got these deer antlers. And, uh, you know, let's fucking make this happen. Let's do this. And, you know, while he's at it, he rigs his quote-unquote sound system so he can show off in front of all, like, the underage pregnant trailer park girls smoking their menthol cigarettes on their porch steps. And, you know, he's got to find a way to get them into his parents' single-wide trailer so that way he can have a shot at banging them. And that dirt bike is his only ticket. And the blaring of the music of Fred Durst is paramount to the success of his plan. So... Not only is he going to uh, going to be able to brag, or uh, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. He's not going to be able to brag to his friends Merle and Clyde that he banged the knocked up redhead who lives next door if he can't loudly blast music from the period of 1997 through 2004 and tear ass poorly in the gravel around the trailer park. So... He needs the dirt bike to be pimped out and rigged with both deer antlers and his homemade sound system to achieve this. This, this is this is this guy. This is how he's pulled it off in life. And you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. He might be a really cool fucking person, but if I had to guess, if I had to just, you know, if there was a crowded room of people and they're like, "Yeah, Chad, which one of these people peaked in 2003?" has a dirt bike with deer antlers on it and likes to bang the knocked up fucking high schoolers in his trailer park. Which one of them is this? I would point out that guy every fucking single time. That's who he is. So, you know, I just had to talk about that, you know, first and foremost. I had to just get it out of the way. It was something that needed to be addressed because I, I'm sure my family's sick of hearing me talk about it because I brought it up multiple times. But, um... Talking about me and you notice the dance Yeah, see, so they, they all, we all notice the deer antlers, but I mean, I, I, for some reason it just won't die for me. Like, they don't wake up in the middle of the night having, like, night sweats thinking about the guy with the deer antlers on his dirt bike, and I do. So, you know, and that's just because that's who I am. But, um, you know, so, hey, like I said, he might be a cool guy, but if there was a room full of people and they're like, single out the, uh, the guy that rides a dirt bike with deer antlers, a homemade sound system, and bangs trailer park knocked up redheads who smoke menthols, I'd be like, that one, that one over there, and it would be him every fucking time. Okay, moving on. Something that I think, another thing I've been wanting to address lately, I, I was at work and I was having a conversation with two of my co-workers about uh, shitting your pants, and my one co-worker says, oh man, that's really embarrassing. How embarrassing is it? to admit that you've shit your pants. And I counteracted this point to him by saying, no, everybody shit their pants. And he goes, not me. And I, so then I got into a debate with him and I'm like, yeah, you were never an infant. You just were born fully capable of using a toilet. He's like, well, no, you know, well then, back then I knew how to use, I, I, I wore a diaper. I'm like, and so you shit your pants. He's like, well, I shit in my diaper. I'm like, your diaper back then was pants. So you, you shit your pants. And we've all have. We've all shit our pants. 
and I feel that it needs to be addressed. Um, to paraphrase the fucking, uh, you know, shitty-ass Joker movie with uh, Joaquin Phoenix, you know, I, I, I'm sick and tired of people pretending that nobody shits their pants. You know, maybe they don't do it regularly or haven't done it since they were a child, but anyone who says that they've never shit their pants is a fucking liar. You know, I'm not saying everybody should be out there shitting their pants. That's disgusting. What I'm saying is, as adults, admitting that we've shit our pants or used to shit our pants is some sort of dark secret, like when your brother knocks up your wife or your girlfriend finding out that you replaced her birth control with Xanax. You know, it's some sort of thing that you just... It's kind of icky to talk about. But why? You know, nobody's born knowing how to use the, to the toilet. And therefore, at one point or another, we've all shit in our pants. It's just a fact. And like it or not, it's the last thing you're ever going to do because you void your bowels when you die. So proudly announced, yeah, I used to shit my pants. I'm going to do it again one day. And got a, anybody got a problem with that? Because I personally don't. You know, I was just even telling my son. He was talking about... Anakin, what did you say earlier? You're like, Dad, how many times are you going to poop in your life, right? Uh, like... Is that what your question was? In your whole life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He asked me how many times I'm going to poop in my whole life. And I said, well, at least once more, because if I were to die right now, I'd void my bowels and shit my pants. So, it's going to happen. Live with it. It's not an embarrassing fucking thing. Just get over yourselves. Everybody's so fucking hoity-toity. And, uh, you know, that's just fucking bleh. Anyway... This next topic I want to bring up, I was doing some thinking and some uh, online reading about, uh, you know, the, the history of the world. Uh, more, more specifically, the, Cam the Cambrian Explosion. And um, that made me, you know, start thinking, as my, as my mind does, about, uh, you know, orgasming. Uh, you know, getting off, blowing a load, uh, pounding your clit, whatever you want to call it. Um you know, getting off. And I, I, I decided that I'm going to help everybody else in this world out. I'm going to give you guys all some some pointers and tips on how to, and I'm going to put this in finger quotes so, because this is how I wrote it, how to come so hard that you trigger another Cambrian explosion. Okay? So, according to history and science, the uh, Cambrian explosion created almost every species of life form that are alive on Earth today. And uh, uh, this happened apparently some 540 million years ago. It was a global diversification of modern life, and it practically shaped the world as we know it. Now, boys and girls, if you love busting a nut, but you just feel like there's no way that you can come so hard that you can alter the course of geologic history, I tell you now, fret not. I'm here to help you take your fuck game to the level of triggering a major evolutionary event with these four handy tips. Number one, I want you all to start fucking in a highly oxygenated environment. Why? Well, it's simple. You see, scientists have hypothesized atmospheric oxygen may have played a role in different species developing after the Cambrian Explosion. So, if your orgasms aren't resulting in the desired surge of new flora and fauna in the world that you want, make sure that you're pounding or being pounded 
in an environment that is rich with oxygen. That's tip number one. Tip number two, punch a bird right when you come. Now, I know this sounds a little sexually adventurous, and that's okay, but hear me out. The Cambrian explosion is at least partially believed to have been caused by an arms race between the predators and prey of 540 million years ago. Ergo, by bringing the current arms race between man and bird to the next level during your climax, you just might set off more than the nerve endings in your sexual organs. You could, theoretically, set off a wave of evolutionary chaos in which birds can now hold and operate guns. And how cool would that be? So, there's that. Number three, number three is a little bit more, a um, little bit, little bit more uh, grounded. And that's uh, that I want you all to start drinking 100% whole milk before, during, and after your orgasm. Before, during, and after your orgasm. See, there are some scientists who argue that the increase in ca the calcium level of the Cambrian seawater is what made it possible for a wider variety of organisms to build their skeletons and that resulted in an increased biodiversity worldwide. So, if you apply this to your sex life by mainlining 100% uh, whole milk to such levels that any fluids released during your orgasmic bliss can be used to uh, cause nearby mollusks, mollusks or clams to generate sexy new skeletons for themselves, then, then, then you've succeeded. You, you've done, you've done your, 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 your chore in life. You know, you, you've helped out in, in the long scheme of things. So, you know, mainline 100% pure whole milk before, during, and after your orgasm. And lastly, number four, try fucking in a bog or a mud pit. Now, you see, without any fossil evidence of a biodiversity increase caused by your boning each other, future scientists of the world will never be able to pinpoint when or how your, your coming, your, your orgasm, gave rise to a new explosion of yet unheard of species that have come to populate the planet. And as a bonus, because you're in a bog or a mud pit, a carbon copy of your skeletons locked in sexual congress could end up in a future history book. So, you know, there you go. I've given you my four tips for coming so hard that you usher forth a new age of biodiversity. Just don't forget to use protection or you could end up just creating another human. And, you know, who wants that? I don't. I already did that. Um, okay, so this next thing, I was reading an article... This next thing I want to discuss is I, w I was reading an article about, um, you know, the, the whole pandemic and uh, coronavirus. And that took me back to the lockdown when we were all locked in our homes and starved for fucking attention and everything. Like, you know, the people that lived together were at each other's throats. People that lived alone were like, you know, please, anybody, the pizza delivery guy, please talk to me for 20 minutes because I'm lonely. And, you know, then it led into uh, some, some stuff about Dr. Uh, Anthony Fauci. And so that uh, led me to, the, to this question, which I'm sure I'm not the only one who's, who's uh, you know, mind this is crossed. But uh, is Dr. Anthony Fauci hot or am I just starved for human interaction? And so, again, I say to you all, in this time of crisis, a lot of questions will come to mind. 
you know, what should I be doing? How can I keep my family safe? And is Dr. Anthony Fauci kind of hot? If you're anything like me, you ponder these things in the middle of the night after waking from your night terrors about JCVD, giving your nutsack spinning jump kicks, and then 20 minutes of, uh, you know, wondering why the guy put fucking antlers on the front of his bike. After, after that, and you're just staring there into the blackness of night, you, 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 you get these questions start popping up. So, in order to get a definitive answer, we're going to take a quiz to find out once and for all definitively if the leading expert on COVID-19 is a total sex machine or if we're all de in desperate need of some normalcy. Uh, feel free to play along at home, listeners. Uh, question number one. Dr. Fauci says it's imperative we continue social distancing. You find yourself smiling when he says this because A, he's looking directly through the camera at you, or B, it's been two weeks since you've seen another person and your mind is starting to crack. Question two. Dr. Fauci encourages people to avoid grocery stores this makes your body tingle because A, you assume his next sentence will be, don't worry, babe, I'm bringing home the bacon. Or B, despite your loathing of other people, grocery shopping may be the only interaction with another person for your foreseeable future. Question three. President Trump considers firing Dr. Fauci, and you react strongly to this news because A, you're distressed by the prospect of a man who looks like Hoggle from Labyrinth no longer being part of your daily fantasies, or B, maybe this means you can go to a concert or something, anything but friends for fuck's sake, just anything. Question four. Dr. Fauci is interviewed. Your vagina quivers or penis hardens because A, the oddly raspy yet utterly seductive tones of his voice put you into an erotic state of bliss, or B, you change the channel to a movie with Charlie Sheen's bare ass in it. And question five, Dr. Fauci announces an end to the pandemic. You A, bound into his arms and kiss his squishy loose face before letting him give you his meat vaccine in the back of a Taco Bell, or B, you rush outside, grab your friends, because if you talk to your cat anymore, you're afraid it's going to start talking back. Those are the five questions. Now, if you answered with mostly A, then you definitely find the Miracle Max of, to, of 2020 a hottie. And let's make no mistake, Dr. Fauci looks like Miracle Max from The Princess Bride. Now, if you answered mostly with B, then please schedule a Zoom party with literally anyone immediately just for fucking interaction. Please. So, now that we got the Dr. Fauci thing out of the way... There is um, something actually that's been, been on my mind recently is um, back in the day when this uh, podcast, The Element of Surprise, was no more than a internet radio show hosted by myself and uh, Ryan McCormick from uh, A Fireside Chat, uh, otherwise known by the alter ego Grimace. Uh, when this was The Element of Surprise with Chad and Grimace... Um, me and Grimace were having a discussion one night. I forget what the topic was or what led to this discussion, but he, he said that I looked like Estelle Getty. And um, I said to him, really, 
I don't think I look like a Stelgetti. I think I look like the mom from Stop or My Mom Will Shoot, or possibly Sophia from The Golden Girls. To which Grimace replied, Yeah, that's a Stelgetti. Now, none of that was fucking planned, but um, it, was, it wasn't planned at all. But apparently, in, in our two minds, I resembled Estelle Getty. And we both agreed on this point, but the, the miscommunication was that I didn't know the actress's name. I just knew her as Mom from Stop or My Mom Would Shoot, or um, Sophia from The Golden Girls. He actually knew her name was Estelle Getty. So I, I was thinking about that the other day on my drive to work, and uh, it had me cracking up in the car. I'm just like, man... It's funny whenever you have two people who have the exact same fucking opinion, and you can't voice that opinion in the same way. And it, 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 it makes it sound like, like you're both insane. But in the end, you're like, no, wait, we're just talking about the exact same fucking thing. But yeah, so I, I, I thought it was a funny conversation. God, that, that was 12 years ago? 12 years ago. God damn. It shows how the mind works. The mind is a fucked up thing. And mine more than others. Um, but yeah, so uh, he said, I, he's like, I've always thought you kind of looked like a, like a young male Estelle Getty. And I'm like, really? I always thought like I, I looked like a young male version of the mom from, I thought, uh, stop or my mom will shoot or Sophia from the golden girls. And the look on his face, just that deadpan look of like, he's like, I don't know if you're fucking with me or if you're retarded, but that's who Estelle Getty is. And my, <laughs> my reaction of no, I had no idea. So, um. That was funny, and it crossed my mind recently. Just wanted to talk about it. Okay, so um, in order for this next segment, I've got to I've got to ease y'all into it. I've now eased you into it. What does this mean? That's clearly the theme from the X-Files, but what does that mean? Are we going to talk about, like, uh, you know, mysteries? Are we going to talk about uh, Bigfoot or ghosts or aliens? No, we're just talking about 90s-era David Duchovny and his effects on the clitoris. So, ladies, all you lady listener out there, this one's for you. This one's for you ladies. So, play close attention because... I'm about to crack an egg of Triple X-Files truth all over your bodies, and there's nothing you can do about it. So, as I'm 100% sure you're all aware, men and women, David Duchovny is known for playing in the show The X-Files as Fox Mulder. But because I put in the work, and also because I might be utterly insane, I know all of you ladies refer to him as Foxy Mulder. That was my best attempt at a pun. See what I did there? And, uh, you know, why wouldn't you? Duchovny is a steamy hunk of pure sexuality. He's just leaking inexplicable sex appeal. Now, the fact of the matter is that there isn't a woman alive of any age who can look at any photo of David Duchovny from the 90s without immediately going haywire on their clit. 
That's a fact. That's just like the sky is blue or the earth is flat. You know, it's a, it's a fact. So, I took the time to look at a bunch of 90s photos from David Duchovny and describe what I'm seeing and what the effects on a woman's clitoris is going to be. For example, the first one that I, I looked at is a promotional photo of David from 1997 and every part of the picture from the floral wallpaper to David's pleather pants and his open shirt is guaranteed, ladies, to have you rubbing it raw. Not even aliens are going to be able to probe your clit harder than, than what you've done after looking at this picture. But there are more. There are more. So if that didn't give your mushy love crevice the workout it deserved, maybe Google a fo this photo of David Duchovny in a ridiculous and gigantic green suit because David is looking pretty good, gals, as I'm sure you all know. And that suit is so big and ridiculous that it could fit David, you, and your very ready throbbing clit inside that suit. And I know you want to. So this next photo of David that I looked at is, uh, it was very saucy is the best way I can describe it. It's David Duchovny, leather pants, no shirt, and he's perched atop a weird looking sculpture of a ball, like the sexy little bird that you women all think he is. And I don't see how any lady could ever look at this picture without shredding their clit like slash shreds on a guitar. So the next one I looked at, there were a few things that I thought we needed to get out of the way first. It's a photo of David um, sitting in an old-timey truck with a dog and wearing a tank top and a pair of, like, tight jeans. And I know what you girls are already thinking. You're thinking, move over, Rover. Mama's ready to cuddle her clit against David's amazingly average arms. And any woman who looks at this picture is ready for their clit to take the pounding of a lifetime, I'm certain. The only thing, uh, or the only X-File left to be unsolved would be how your clit survived such a pounding. But none of these, none of these photos come close to the picture of David Duchovny sitting naked on your kitchen counter next to a stove with a teacup over his penis. Ladies, if you can see, if you can see this picture, and you can, anytime, it's, it's only a go one Google away, just Google David Duchovny teacup photo, it'll pop right up. And you know what else is going to be popping up? Your throbbing hard clit that you're going to have to go to town on. You're going to bring the hammer down on your clit like four is what I'm basically saying. Because as we all know, David Duchovny brings the sex appeal to you women like nobody else. You know, and feel free to Google these photos as well as more photos of 90s era Duchovny and get hammering away on that clit, ladies. And, you know, also, you're welcome. So... Uh, let's see here. Is that everything that I want to discuss tonight? Is that all? Um, no, you know what? There is one more thing that I want to go over. There's one more topic that I feel needs to be addressed. And again, this one is for the ladies out there. All, 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 all of you who listen to this, uh, this podcast. So, it's, it's a little bit of dating advice. So you you know how the first you know what the first date drill is, right ladies? What's your job? Do you like it? How about music? What do you what music do you like? 
Do you have any pets? You know, the boring shit. You know, don't ask these questions on a first date unless you're trying to make your man astral project himself out of sheer apathy. Instead, you can spice up your conversation with these thoughts about the 1987 action film RoboCop that, got, that us men absolutely love. Trust me. Trust me, ladies. That hottie you're trying to hook will go crazy for the following opinions that I've methodically compiled and because I am a dude are 100% dude approved. So first thing you might say is RoboCop is an excellent movie. Nice. Great start. This one's a no frills attached opinion. Throw it out casually after you both ordered some shrimp scampi. He'll get to know, he'll get the he'll get the the sense that you're a girl who's confident without trying too hard and he'll want to know more. You know, that's an A+. So what what do you do next? You know, you've got the RoboCop uh, conversation rolling. Maybe maybe throw in something a little bit more uh, uh, about society. Maybe say something like, "Wow, RoboCop really has a lot to say about modern society, uh, don't you think?" Now, this opinion will show the man that you put some thought into the film, but it doesn't reveal too much yet. And the question at the end keeps things just coy enough that he'll be dying for a peek, if you know what I'm saying. Wink, wink. So. You know, the conversation on your first date continues. Maybe you say something like, RoboCop is a priceless commentary on the privatization of the police and the threat of huge corporations having virtually limitless power. Bam! You've now proven that you're chill. Now, hit the dude with this cool chick observation about the parallels between Paul Verhoeven's classic and our dystopian modern-day state. He won't be able to resist your passion on the subject. Research shows that when you're talking about something you love, like RoboCop, your sudden attractiveness will overpower any respect that your opinions alone would have garnered, turning you into the fuck magnet that you're hoping you are. And you're welcome. So, you know, maybe you continue the date. RoboCop gets brought up again. Say, uh, you say to him, Hey, RoboCop might be incredibly violent, but it's all necessary to get the point across. You know, in a world where money rules everything, even human life could be sacrificed as long as the, it makes the wealthy wealthier. Woo fucking who. Don't stop now, because you're riding the express straight to Bone Town. When you're not afraid to ramble a little bit about your interests, namely when it comes to the guy you're trying to bag, Robocop, he'll see you as the fearless type who doesn't mind pushing con conversational boundaries. This confidence will translate to any aspect of your potential relationship if you know what I mean. And what I mean is sex. So maybe maybe you uh, maybe you want to use a little bit of your own taste to uh, a as a form of intellectual dominance. If that's the case, you say this. You say, oh my god, you absolutely need to watch RoboCop or you've never lived. This opinion is a short, sweet, and only slightly demeaning addition to a date you've already clinched. Pair it with a tiny laugh to show him that you're still awe-worthy despite having razor-sharp correct opinions on the 1987 film RoboCop. You know, there you have it. If you express all these opinions about RoboCop that guys love, boom, you've now had an excellent first date. So, maybe you'll get him to take you out again. <laughs> I'd buy that for a dollar. Okay. Thank you guys all for listening. 
that's all I've got for you this week. I hope it was entertaining. I hope you found yourselves uh, learning a little bit. I hope you found yourselves thinking a little bit as uh, as the topics went on. You know, maybe you found yourselves, uh, you know what, he is right. I did answer always. Dr. Fauci, I guess I think Dr. Fauci's hot. You know what, he's absolutely right about David Duchovny. The guy is triple X-Files rated. Or, you know, Robocop is the best film ever, and it would be nice if more women brought it up on their dates. Uh, so, you know, there you go. You're welcome. Uh, before I let you go, as always, I want you to check out the following podcasts. Check out a fireside chat hosted by my very good friend Grimace, Ryan McCormick. That is available on Libsyn.com. Check out Sauce, available on Podomatic and on uh, YouTube. They also have the uh, Patreon show McSauce uh, Private Reserve. Um, so that's two podcasts that McSauce has, and they're, they're, it's it's fantastic. It's all the um, geek, nerd, podcast, comic book movie, uh, trivia, and information that you could want. Uh, check out Case in Point, hosted by Justin Case. That's available on Audio Boom. Check out Lunch After Dark, hosted on Podbean. And last but not least, as always, be good to each other, stay safe, and cue the fucking bear music. Say I'm naive